Um, Palm Sunday is a special, uh, a special time because uh, it was the Sunday before the resurrection, um, over 2,000 years ago, before Jesus came out of the tomb. Uh, he allowed people to honor him as a king for the first time and the last time. See, he was healing people all the time he was healing people. And there were massive people, massive crowds around him all the time. And every time they tried to nominate him, elect him as their king, he would always slip away in the crowd. Because while he was here on this earth, the Bible says that he made himself of no reputation. Which is the exact opposite of our culture. Because everybody uh, has, I think 7 out of 10 people have downloaded fake book on their phone already. Some of you guys call it Facebook, right? But, <laughs> but it's fake book and we all know, right? It's like not picking that one, not picking that one, not picking that one, not picking... Ooh, I look good there. We're going to go ahead and post that. Or you take a picture of your family and you got your family and you're like, Hey, shut up and love each other! <laughs> and everybody gets to see your happy family, right? I'm going to break your neck if you don't smile! And then we post that one as face, that's fake book. But, and I'm not throwing stones, I do the same exact thing. That's why that little illustration came so natural to me. <laughs> but Jesus was the exact opposite. He made himself of no reputation. But one day, just for one day, for a few hours, he said, I'm going to let you treat me like a king. It's actually seven days before he rose again, five days before he died on the cross. So we're celebrating Palm Sunday today. This Friday we'll celebrate Good Friday. Next Sunday and Saturday night we'll celebrate the Resurrection Sunday. And I hope you're here for all of those services. But uh, I want to talk about the three characters that Jesus encountered on his journey to Jerusalem. See, when he was going to Jerusalem... That was the one day that he allowed everybody to celebrate him. Celebrate him and honor him because of his miraculous works, because he healed people, because he was a phenomenal teacher. He allowed them to honor. It was a massive parade. Uh, it, was, it was literally a royal procession where he came down and people, he was riding on a donkey and he came down and everybody was just shouting Hosanna and they were praising him. But he encountered three people, three different types of people that day. Uh, he encountered, first he encountered friends. Everybody say friends on three. One, two, three. Uh, thank you for participating. I spoke somewhere last night, and I tell you what, I missed you guys. A lot. They were looking at me like I was the most boring person in the world. I was like, I can't wait to get home tomorrow morning. They just... I'm like, talk to me, breathe or something. Um, and so at first he encountered friends. Then he encountered strangers. Everybody say strangers. strangers. And then he encountered frauds. Everybody say frauds. frauds. All right, so who are the three categories? Number one, friends. number two, strangers. number three. Frauds. Now for everybody who didn't participate, let's do it again. Number one, friends. number two, strangers. number three. Frauds. So let's talk about the friends. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 1, it reads like this. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, 
Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. It wasn't just a donkey he asked for. He asked for both of them. Bring them over here. Loose them and bring them to me. They're going to be tied up when you see them. Untie them, bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them and immediately he will send them. And immediately he will send them. So he already knew who owned those donkeys. He already knew the heart that that guy was going to have. He knew that when the disciples went to take him, he was going to say, Hey, what are you doing? Right? He knew. But then he said, Look, I, I know this guy's heart. I, I know him. So he was either a follower of Christ, or he was an admirer of Christ. He was one of the many disciples that followed him. Either way, God knew whose donkeys they were, and he knew how that person would respond. He knew that person would say yes and say yes immediately. It was a friend. Smith Wigglesworth, uh, was, uh, his ministry was in the 1900s. And when he prayed for people, bang, they got healed. Uh, not everyone got healed, but a lot of people got healed. His ministry was so miraculous. It was like very few people who have ever walked the earth. And one time somebody walked up to Smith Wigglesworth and they said this, what is the secret to your power? And this is what he said. He said, at the slightest whisper of the Holy Spirit, I turn and obey. The slightest whisper. See, these are friends of God that I'm talking about. When Jesus said, go get the donkey and the colt, I know that guy. Just tell him it's something that I want. And he, I know him. He's not going to argue with you. He's going to do it immediately. Smith Wigglesworth, at the slightest whisper, I respond. See, the Lord knows who his friends are. We identify ourselves as his friend when we respond to that slightest whisper. Sometimes the whisper, man, you guys are so much fun to talk to. I'm telling you, the hardest part about talking with you guys is getting off this stage on time. I love talking with you guys. Do you guys love being here? Man, I wish you guys were with me last night, man. I felt like I was talking to a wall. I was like, are you guys alive? Man, it feels so good to be home. All right, anyway. Man, if, if there's some people here that were there last night at that other location, <laughs> let's just keep it between us, okay? Oh, boy, I just got nervous. Okay, back, back to what I was talking about. What was I talking about? Smith Wigglesworth, thank you, Jesus. All right. At the slightest whisper, the whisper of the Lord often sounds like this. Don't say that. You'll hear it. You'll feel it. And then you, 
for some of us, it's like, oh, I'm going to say it. <laughs> it's the slightest whisper. Just, hey, just let that one go. I ain't letting nothing go. When you start throwing around double negatives, you went to a whole new level of angry. You ain't got no learning, no way. And you start talking, you go to a whole new level of anger. That slightest whisper, let it go. Don't say it. Just get alone and spend some time with me. Talk to me. These are friends of God. And the more you respond, the quicker you respond, the more you'll hear them. The less you respond, the less you'll hear them. The quicker you respond, the more you'll identify it. You won't be wrestling. Is that God? Is that me? Is that me? Is that God? Is that the devil? Is that me? Is that God? Are you with me? Say yes. The quicker you respond, you always know it's God when it's something good. If it's something bad, you know it's from the devil. Something good, you respond. The second group of people that he encountered were strangers. This is a perplexing category. Watch this. In Matthew 21, verse 10, it says this. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. My goodness! The city, the people in this city were saying, who is this? But the multitudes were answering the question. So you got thousands of people that know exactly who Jesus is. They're celebrating him. They're honoring him. And then you got other people that have no clue what's going on. These are strangers. They don't know God. They don't know anything of God. Now this blows my mind. Because if you take all the miracles that you've ever read in the Bible, multiply them times a thousand, and that's how many Jesus did while he was here. They didn't write down every single one. We know that because they said that. In John chapter 21, verse 25, it says this, And Jesus did many more things than these. And it said, we are sure that if everyone was written down in a book, the world could not contain all the books that would be written. That's what it says in John 21, 25. Jesus, everywhere he went, bang, 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 bang. Now here's the thing. How can he be doing all of these things? And thousands of people are following him everywhere he goes. When he fed 5,000 with a few fish and a couple loaves, that wasn't bring a friend Sunday. Thousands were always around him. How can you be among the people that have no clue? But there are some people that they don't listen to the whisper. They don't listen to the call. In Revelations chapter 3, verse 20, it says, I stand at the door and knock. And whoever hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with them and they will dine with me. He knocks on every single heart, but even still, better things to do. And then the third category are the frauds. These people acted like they were followers. 
but they weren't. The Bible describes these people. It says that their lips honor God, but their hearts are far from Him. They, they act it. They, they work it. They, they, they know, they've been around church so long, they can make you think they pray when they don't pray. Do you know anybody? like? Don't point. Just say. <laughs> they're better at carrying their Bible than they are reading their Bible. They're better at preaching to you than they are preaching to themselves. This is what the Bible says, that Jesus, in Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. See, Jesus will throw the frauds out to make room for desperate people. He'll get them out. When people leave the church, ask people. I don't ask them to stay because I don't know what's behind the scenes of their life. God might be moving them out for our good. Sometimes there's wolves wrapped in sheep's clothing and the only thing we see is the sheep. And God gets them out and they come in the office or shoot me an email. We're leaving this church. And I'm like, I hope you find a place that you can be happy. Sometimes it breaks my heart because I love them. Other times I'm like, <laughs> can we be honest today? God loves everybody, but we have trouble sometimes, right? You know, you come into the church and you cause a ruckus and you talk bad about people and you have a bad attitude. It's like, I'll see you. See you in heaven. I hope. But God moves people out. He moves people in. Some of you, He's moved in here, and I'm thinking, man, you are going to make our church stronger because you're here. He moves people out. He moves people in. But here's the thing. He comes in and He says, you, you gotta, you're going to have to leave because you're not here for the right reasons. And you know what the very next verse says? I didn't put it in my notes so they can't put it on the screen because I didn't think I was going to mention it. But the very next verse, if you read it yourself, as soon as he kicked those frauds out, the very next verse is it says, and then many sick people came into the temple and he healed them. You see, he'll make room for desperate people. He'll make room. He'll make room. There's people when he stood at the door and knocked, they said, I'm coming. I've been looking for you. I've been seeking you. There's desperate people that if God does not help you, your life is going to fall apart. You know who you are. There's another desperate category of, I don't want to do church the same way anymore. Three songs, offering, preaching, go home. Three songs, offering, preaching, go home. We're done with the routine. We want a move of God. We want the presence of God. We want a move of God. We want the presence of God. Is there anyone desperate like I am? This is what we want. See, some of us have been praying for that, desiring that, longing for that for decades. And I don't know what happened in November of last year. Something just clicked in the spirit. And all of a sudden, miracles started happening. One of my favorite things is when 
people tell us their miracles. See, if you get healed at celebration and you don't tell us, you are stealing the glory of God. If you don't give Him glory, you're stealing His glory. I steal His glory by trying to take the credit for the miracles. You steal His glory by not talking about the miracle. So when you get healed, you got to let us know. Somebody say, I got it. I believe some people will get healed this morning. Um, and this is how I believe it's going to happen because it's been happening for several weeks over and over again. When we share a testimony here, it's amazing that people get healed while somebody is sharing their testimony and nobody's even praying for them. It happens all the time. I believe it's going to happen today. Um, and so uh, Brian and Miriam are going to come up and share their testimony. I want everybody here to stand up on your feet, uh, if you would. And, uh, and, and while they're sharing their testimony, I want you guys to just give them your undivided attention and listen to them. But if you're in this room and there's a part of your body that, that you need a healing, maybe it doesn't move right, it hurts, or you're in pain, while they're sharing their testimony, I want you to start moving that. And, and uh, I believe people are going to get healed while you're listening to their testimony. And so if it's your hands, your elbow, your shoulder, if you're online, you're going to love this testimony because one of the testimonies is about somebody getting healed while they're watching us online. And so uh, just begin to move. And if you get healed in this room, I just want you to wave both hands just like this. Now, if you get healed, I found out that if you have a second back surgery and you're 30% better, the doctor considers that a success. 30% better. So let's raise the bar on that. If you're 80% better, not 100%, but 80%, then I want you to just wave your hands like this. I promise you, I won't, I won't embarrass you, but I do want to give God glory and clap our hands and praise Him. All right. Brian, you need a microphone. I crushed a vertebrae in my upper back uh, 30 years ago in a military centrifuge. Since then, I've had chronic pain in my mid-back. And sometimes it gets really bad, and sometimes it gets uh, better. But I just usually just uh, endure it and work through it. But six days before our worship service last Wednesday, I got a new pain in my lower back, a severe pain. It was so bad that it almost brought me to my knees. I couldn't function. If I bent, if I twisted my back, even if I walked, the pain was so severe that I had to stop. And Thursday night and Friday night, I spent several hours on the floor just to recover. Over the next couple of days, it got a little bit better with rest, but any time I did any prolonged standing or sitting, uh, it would come back and just really just stop me from my tracks. I came Wednesday night. And during worship, after about 20 minutes of standing, my back was really bothering me, and, and I couldn't concentrate, and I wasn't enjoying the service anymore. And quite frankly, I couldn't wait for this service to end so I could go home and rest. And Pastor Frankie made an altar call for healing in that service, and I was ready to go. But he changed his process. He made everybody sit down for a little bit, and he started talking about the history. Since November, 160 people have been healed etc., and sharing the testimony that sometimes when people were, were getting moved, that things happened. And just as he was saying that, the pain in my back immediately went away, 
and it hasn't come back. It's still gone today. I still have the aches and pains that anybody over 60 would have, but that pain is completely gone. And all the glory goes to him. We serve a great and awesome God. That's awesome. Miriam. I saw this man on the floor, a lot of pain, he never complains. And this other testimony happened uh, about the time, around the time when Dr. Clark came to visit our church in February. We invited our young couple, friends of ours, to come to the service. And on Saturday, which was the first time that Dr. Clark was going to be here, they said we might not be able to make it because it was too early for them. And then Dr. Clark's flight got delayed, so they were able to make it. And we were texting, yes, there's time, come. And they came and received and learned that night. And the following morning, they decided to watch online on the 1015 service. And while they were watching, they were having their breakfast, and Charlene tells her husband, Mark, when Dr. Clark said, if you haven't been able to do anything with your body because of pain or anything, go ahead and do it now, and you'll see that God has healed you. And she tells Mark, Mark, go do (laughs) push-ups. And this is why Mark is a young man, 30-something, For over five years, he had uh, cysts in his wrists, in both of them, that causes pain and loss of movement. And he had not been able to exercise, do basic things like using his hands to stand up. And he was able to do push-up that that morning. And... uh, and then they showed up to the, 11, to the 1145 service, of course, and we talked to them on Friday. And they're so excited because they told me it's still healed and there's no cysts, no pain. And he was putting together his working out bench because he's going on. So praise Jesus. It's so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give the Lord one more big round of applause, shall we? All right, now, I know you might feel silly doing it, but it's your healing, right? It's your healing. So if you need a healing in your body, if a part of your body just doesn't move right, maybe it's your hands, maybe it's your elbows, I want you to just start moving right now. And uh, you may feel silly, but you're going to walk out of here healed. And so just start moving right now. And as soon as you feel like, hey, I think this is at least 80% better, um, then I want you to wave your hands like this. I want you to wave your hands like this. So just keep moving around. I don't know how healthy this crowd is. Look, we got somebody moving their hands back there. Go ahead and wave your hands like this. Let's see. It's it's always amazing to me because when the first person gets healed, it starts going like that. So just just go ahead and and start moving. Everybody, just start moving. And um, as soon as you feel like you're 80%, um, uh, there's, see, I told you, once one person, and there's another one right there. Go ahead. Wave your hands. Wave your hands. It happens. There's another one right there. Yeah. I, I love it. Paul, come on up here. I'm not gonna, I won't call them down, but come on up here real quick, Paul. Give me the microphone. I'm friend, Paul's in my life group, so I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. What just happened? So I've been having a lot of pain in my shoulder, like anytime I'm over 
and movements. I own a gym, so it's very important that I can do this. And then I don't have no pain in my shoulder at all this morning. It was killing me, so definitely. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, I won't make you talk. I promise I won't make you talk. But the two people back there, come on up here. I just want everybody to just see you so that they don't think I'm just making it up. Keep moving and wave your hands because that's three people so far. So just keep moving. Yes, come up here, girl. Come up here, come up here, come up here. And the gentleman, thank you. Come on up, come on up. Keep moving. Are you moving your hands too, young man? Well, get up here, get up here. Get up here, get up here. My gosh, keep moving your arms. Keep moving around, let's give them praise. Give them praise. All right, all right. I I didn't lie, I'm not gonna make you talk. I'm just gonna make you say one word and that's not talking. Just, how'd you get, tell me. I lied. <laughs> um, I really wasn't in the mood to do this today, so thank I know, you. <laughs> but you're doing good. You're doing good. If I would have warned you, you'd be scared. No, it's just no. Well, you kept saying elbows, and I thought this is so silly. I've had this elbow pain for weeks, and I'm, it's just—I mean, I can set it, you know, in the car. I'll just set it on the rest, and all of a sudden, it's just this shocking pain. And I, I kept, you know, kind of contending with the Lord, like, are you, are you going to heal this? Like, what's going on here? But it's so minor, I just thought it was going to go away on its own. But you kept saying elbow, elbow, elbow. So I thought, well, fine, Lord, heal me today. So he did. Praise God. It's. I walked in here with pain, and it's completely gone. There's no it. pain at all. I love it. I love Praise it. Praise God. I love it. Tell everybody your name. Christy Salas. Christy, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Tell me what just happened. I woke up this morning with a terrible freaking. Stop. I love it. What's your name? Sawyer Bruder. Sawyer? I like you, Sawyer. <laughs> Tell everybody what happened. All right. So um, two years ago, I had a spine injury playing football. And after, like, standing up for 10 to 15 minutes or sitting down for a long period of time, my back would get super stiff and I would have to move around a lot. Well, I was stretching over there and I was moving around and it just completely went. And now I can stand without hurting or my God! Give him a big round of applause. Come on, let's give him better than that. Come on, let's give it. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Come on, let's give it to him again. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Now, now you three, you four people, four people this morning, and and nobody prayed for him. I'm telling you, there's something happening in this place. And and if you're a skeptic in the room, don't feel bad about being a skeptic. Don't feel bad. This is a huge leap for your brain. So don't feel bad, okay? Just ask the Lord. Just say, God, if if this is all real, then help me believe. That's all you got to do. Just help me believe. A young lady came down here. She gave her testimony last Sunday. She was like, I'm a total skeptic. I don't think people are getting healed at all. And her husband said, go down there and you get prayed for. She was like, fine. She gets healed. So you being skeptical does not offend God. He doesn't like get his feelings hurt and all of a sudden he's like, I don't like you anymore. No. He understands where you're at. 
He understands where you're at. And the only thing you have to say is, God, I need you to help me with this. I need you to help me with this. Listen, I just want to praise him again because today was awesome. One more time. We love you, Jesus.